Today's episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Brooklet Games. Go to patreon.com backslash Brooklet Games for beautifully crafted content that provokes creative problem-solving and dramatic scenarios. Brooklyngames.com, find zines and more, patreon.com backslash Brooklet Games. Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I'm your host, Logar the Barbarian, joined here today by my guest, Josiah Mork. He's the producer of Starset. Welcome. Thank you so much, Logar. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. It's good to have you. It's good to have you. you know, let's start. I figure a good place to start would be Starset. What can you tell folks about Starset? Yeah, so Starset the Great Dimming is a grim, dark sci-fi tabletop role-playing game that we are launching here in January, January 2nd. Uh, and it takes place about a thousand years in the future in our own solar system, uh, right as the Oort cloud is collapsing around mankind. So it's a grim, dark setting. You have mega corporations, you have religious organizations, you have political affiliations, and you are a citizen trying to find hope in this kind of borderline horror, disintegrating sci-fi world. Hope. <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> hope in the grim dark it's hopeless <laughs> hopeless sometimes can you talk about that a little bit absolutely so hope is a huge element of the game uh because the yeah, inspiration for this game kind of was coming out of post-covid and everybody was kind of in this period of isolation and so it's very difficult to reconnect or to feel like you have satisfying community and uh hoodwink games who i founded and who's producing this um this game is all about community and really reconnecting people and so taking this really grim dark world where humanity really can't look out anymore we've kind of reached our border and we have to figure out what we're doing within those borders is a uh, a great outlet for challenging people to think about where does their hope come from and as a character in the game there's going to be a lot of possible an answers there uh and so you're going to have to kind of wrestle with those everyday decisions of you know what keeps my character going forward and how do i overcome betrayal hardship um misfortune all of these different things that make up the grim dark world to keep going I appreciate that. That's interesting. Now, what is the game system like? I'm curious. Yeah, so the game system's completely original, as far as we know, at least. Uh, so it uses the. <laughs> you never know. There are some some OSEs out there that you know might have come up with it first. But as far as we know, uh, it's a D6 dice pool system. So at the start of your turn, you'll get a collection of dice uh, equal to a stat called your vitality, and you'll spend those on rolls uh, to try and get a certain number of checks based on your individual skill. So it's very individual to your character, and then uh, you can spend up to five dice per roll. And you can make as many rolls as you want as long as you don't run out of dice on your turn. So it's very high risk, high reward. You can make like two rolls with all five dice on it to try and get a guarantee. Or you could potentially try and do like 10 things on your turn just with a very low likelihood of success by only rolling a couple dice. Um, and then you can also spend dice, which kind of builds the tension. Because if you want guarantee, you have to spend a lot to get a guaranteed check. 
but then, you know, you run out of other actions. So it kind of replicates the fatigue and the grind that your character experiences. And then as you take damage or as you gain extra dice uh, and cause fatigue on your character, then you start with fewer dice on your next turn. So if you're in a kind of hack and slash situation, your capabilities will slowly start to drop off. And so you'll really feel the tension of your decisions in the game. I'm a little curious about bag. Yeah, yeah. So bag is another system that we've created. It's called the basic generic role-playing system. Um, so it's a modular generic role-playing game. You can start it for free on our website, hoodwinkgaming.com. And it was kind of our first entry into the system. And we hope that it will be for other people too. It lets you start off with only like 10 pages. So if you have no idea what you're doing in a role-playing game, but star set sounds cool, I recommend you start here. It really lets you jump right in. And then each module in the book adds more and more rules. So by the end of the rule book, you will be an experienced role-playing person who is ready for something like D&D, like Star Set, like Pathfinder, um, something like that. But it is a little bit more uh, generic. So, you know, if you're looking for something that's really in-depth, that speaks to you as a character, Star Set is perfect for that. You know, you have to complete like a choose-your-own-adventure that's semi-randomized in the world before you even start gameplay in Star Set. So you are right away built into like the ingrained setting and you're backstory has a great amount of influence and then bag on the other hand is more pick up and play really flexible you can do anything you want with it but it'll get you ready for just about anything else so both are really great options for anybody looking for a new game this season the bag's currently available if you want that you can get that on your website or on drive through rpg and you have a few expansions for that as or a few other supplements or they was adventure supplements how would I, how should i how should i name that <laughs> yeah no supplements is a great one uh so so they're kind of worlds that we built onto the system. Mm -hmm. um, so the system itself, like I said, is pretty generic. You can kind of do anything you want with it. But then we have Suburbville, which is a zombie apocalypse setting uh, built out with a whole city, maps, locations, traps, uh, preset adventures, factions, anything you could want there. And then we also have Early Empires, which is a historically accurate setting for about 2000 BC in the Middle East. So it digs into the cultures of like the early ba uh, Babylonian Empire, the Israelite kingdoms, the Egyptian Empire, the Hittite Empire, city-accurate maps, lore, historical records for what it would be like to play in that setting as well. And what is the system for bag like? Is it similar? Is it similar to Star Set, or is it something on its own, or, or what would we be looking at there? Yeah, it's a little bit different than Star, or it's quite a bit different actually. Um, so it's a D10 under roll under system. Okay. So you'll. Yeah, you'll it kind of blackjack style, but it's really cool because it kind of has a twofold function. So you have your own skill that you have to roll equal to or less than with a d10 to achieve your task. But then the GM can also set a, a uh, minimum success level an MS, which kind of functions as a DC. So you might you know succeed at your personal level, but not quite enough to achieve the task. And so there's a little bit of a compromise there in the skill resolution. I'm gonna go back to Star Set. Now you talked a lot about community and. And kind of some of the, could you talk a little bit more about some of the inspirations and some of the 
what 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 was the driving force behind putting this together and going this route? So Hoodwink Games is really all about community. You know, I'm a young adult and I recognize how difficult it is to plug in with people mm-hmm. as you're going through kind of a very changing period of life. And then COVID just threw all of that off even more because now we're all used to being alone in our apartments, doing our own thing, but still kind of feeling disconnected from the world. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like dissatisfaction that comes with that. And so Starset really dropped that feeling into a whole setting and it says like humanity is disconnected from the rest of the universe and now you have to make it work and so the game is positioned to help you find hope in that setting of how do you connect with people through a trying time and uh, you know it offers a lot of different options for that explores different options for that you know i'm personally a christian so i find my hope you know in christ and, and there's religions in the game that offer you you know you can explore that option um you can try and be associate with you know a faction or something like that or in your community um like a lot of people try and find hope in in today and so it just challenges you to explore those different things in the game and get you thinking about you know am i involved in my community how am i involved am i finding hope with the people that i'm playing around the table with um to just help you feel connected again because i just think that's that's so important in this day and age it's, it's interesting i i'm curious how did you get into gaming and how did like like what's your history with gaming and where did, how did you go from i'm playing to now i'm putting some games out there <laughs> Yeah, I actually had to start with the putting the games out there and then get into the gaming. So, oh, wow, that's um, different. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. So I started when I was like 12 years old mm-hmm. um, because my parents wouldn't let me play Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, mine um, wouldn't either. <laughs> the more people I talk to, the more common that seems to be. Um, but so I was like, oh, I love the idea of this. I read about it in Foxtrot Comics. I don't know if you've ever read Read those, but like on the, in in the mag in the I'm sorry the newspaper Foxtrot comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember those. I remember those. I, I used to read the funny papers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so Jason and Marcus, two of the characters in their play D and D, and it just set, seemed so fun. But I wasn't allowed to play, and so starting at like 12 years old, I tried to piece together like what does this game do? How does it work? And man, I created so many garbage editions trying to figure out how does this work and then eventually guys in my boy scout group played D so i could watch games and kind of figure it out and that's when i created the earliest version of bag um and then it went through probably 12 different renditions across like six years as i finally figured out what am i doing with it um and then i realized that you know there are a lot of people my age like in my boy scout troop or in my high school and then when i got to college that would love something like that where they have a group of friends that they can talk to play kind of create those inside jokes and adventures with but they don't have the time to learn a bigger system or the money to like buy bigger books and so it seemed like bag would just be the perfect place to fill that niche and pull these people into this really great healthy community um, and we've been able to reach out, you know, we've worked with a charity out in Washington state that's connected our games with um, like veterans who are suffering from PTSD or children who have been subject to abuse, that it creates an outlet for them to kind of have this safe space that they can start to communicate and build community again. Um, and then Star Set's just kind of been a natural evolution of that because once we get people through the basics, now we want to offer them something a little bit more complex um and keep building up that momentum nice now 
I'm assuming since since you're making a sci-fi game, you're a sci-fi fan. What kind of stuff are you into there? <laughs> oh man, I'm into like just about everything. I mean, I love the classics. I love Star Wars. I love Star Trek. Um, but also, I love C.S. Lewis's Space Trilogy. So oh, I read very... those. Yeah, <laughs> they were weird. <laughs> <laughs> They're really out there. <laughs> they, yeah, it is that's not Star Trek. Like <laughs> no, no, it's like very rudimentary sci-fi. Like, what are we doing? Um, but I loved it. You know, it was very original. Right now, I'm reading through the third Dune book, so the Children of Dune. Oh, um, you got farther than I. I, I think I don't. I think I read the first two. Those are. <laughs> Those and I did that in high school. Those are I said there was like canoeing through mud at the time. It is rough to get through. There's a lot of dead stuff in there. So you're doing better than me. If you finish it, you gotta let me know. <laughs> well do. Well I've, between you and me, I've heard they drop off a lot after the third one. So I'm not planning to go much further than that. But um I love them. I love the concepts. You know, I love the idea of sci-fi, just how people approach it, like what is the future going to be like, you know? Mm -hmm. And we're kind of living in it in a way right now. Like we have AI art, we have uh, what Neuralink inserting probes into people's brains. We're talking about missions to Mars. Like we're kind of in the future right now. So it's fun to look back and see, Hey, what were they thinking it was going to be like, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, 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 I, I agree. It definitely, I definitely feel like I'm, I, I definitely feel sometimes like I am in the future, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some of the technology out there baffles me. Sometimes I just have to sit there and take it in and go, okay, this is happening now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's all we can do is I feel so bad. One of my professors here at school is an illustrator mm -hmm. and he doesn't illustrate anymore. They use um, mid journey and mm -hmm. he just edits. And it's for a major video game franchise. And I'm like, it blows my mind as a student to think, you know, where are we going to be in the next hundred years? But I think more or less people are going to stay the same. It's just going to be the tech that changes. And so it's fun to explore that in games and also kind of reassure people that like, your community will still be there. People will still be there. You just have to be intentional about it. So did some of this vision that you have for the future, how much of that has shown up in your, your game itself? That's a really good question, actually. <laughs> I think people are capable of good, but I think society as a whole tends to go down until there are people who speak out and lead in a good way. And so I think that will happen less and less frequently over time. Um, you know, I, I, I like I said, I'm a Christian, so I believe in revelation um in the bible and it does say that we're going to eventually get to a pretty dark time but that said there'll always be good people in the world and so i don't think it'll maybe get as bad as star set makes it out to be um <laughs> or at least in that implementation but you know i think we need to ask ourselves where are we going to find help as as things do eventually get a little bit darker and then lead others to that thing because that's how we're going to keep making it better so i'm I, I, like you said you kind of started with making your own games did you have you been able to get a chance to play many role-playing games outside of the ones that you've created? I'm curious to know about what some of the stuff you've, you've dabbled in, if so. Oh, yeah, yeah. So in the last probably five years, I've gotten really big into RPGs. So anybody, you know, listening to this, I'm not kind of blindly creating this. I do a lot of research into the, into the community, <laughs> and I've played a lot of games. Um, D&D is probably the biggest one now. You know, yeah. as I've become an adult, my parents, we've had conversations and they're totally okay and supportive with it now. So I regularly play that. Uh, but for research, you know, I've read Pathfinder, I've read Fate, I've read Traveler, um, I've read GURPS, I've read Call of Cthulhu, Mutants and Masterminds, uh, Savage Worlds, Ars Magica, it's a throwback. I don't know if anyone oh, remembers yeah. that one. 
<laughs> Oh, yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. I remember when it was when it was happening. It was happening. oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know well, all maybe, about that. maybe I should be asking you then. Anything you'd recommend or anything like that? That <laughs> I recommend. Oh, listen to Wobblies and Wizards. We recommend games all the time. Mm hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I gotta take some of my own advice there. <laughs> we talk about them all the time. We play the permit. Well, it's great getting a chance to talk to you. Can you tell the listeners where they can find your games at and where they can back the upcoming star set and stuff like that and where they can find you online as well? Yeah, absolutely. So on, if you just Google search Star Set, the Great Dimming, uh, our Kickstarter page would be the first thing that pops up. Um, so if you just want to follow that and click the little notify me at launch button, then we'll connect with you on January 2nd. If you just want to collect with our company, see about bags, see about our story, you can check us out at hoodwinkgaming.com. Um, if you want to reach out to me personally, I always love hearing from people. You can reach out at Josiah at HoodwinkGaming.com, um, or you can check us out on our Twitter uh, at HoodwinkGames. We keep up people up to date all the time there, um, or rather at Games Hoodwink, sorry. We keep people up to date on our happenings, and you can see some of the pledge rewards and stuff in previews uh, before the launch right there. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you for coming on. It's been great getting a chance to talk to you. Thank you, Loga. This has been super fun. I hope you have a, a great rest of the day. But you too, you too. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, you can find us on Facebook. Search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. We're on <laughs> Patreon. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and TikTok now at Laura Hale Crom. We're on Patreon. We can really use the support. Patreon.com backslash Wildies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.